the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. Have you ever stood at a crossroad? Needing to make a decision or waiting for someone to make an important decision on your behalf. And if you could change the circumstance, you certainly would. Maybe you're facing a dilemma right now, a situation so large, you don't have any answers for it. Well, today, let's discover the power to overcome. There will be crossroads. There will be dilemmas in life. Circumstances will come up and it will seem beyond your ability, beyond your capacity, sometimes even to really understand the dynamics of the full situation. And and there may seem no way out or the outcome looks so bleak. Solomon one day stood in a place, maybe where you are right now. He didn't have any answers. It seemed that the light had gone out of his life. The one he loved was gone. The one he admired, who had protected him and shown him the way in life. Well, now he's gone. Second Kings 2 and 10. So David rested with his fathers, and he was buried in the city of David. King David is gone. Solomon takes the throne as his father had chosen him as his successor. However, this comes with dilemmas. This comes with struggles. David, as king of Israel, was known as a warrior. And he was feared by all. He had wealth. He was brilliant. And he had great influence in the world at that time. With his father, David, beside him, Solomon was secure under the kingship of his father. His father trained him. He saw his father role as a great king. But Solomon, standing at a crossroad in life, where it's a time where he must take his place on the throne. Solomon can see that the people are so many that he must rule over, and he's a young man. He can see that the nation is so great. He knows that his father has conquered his enemies. Maybe Solomon felt doomed for a moment. Maybe he thought he was headed for a disaster. Because he's such a young man, 
has lost his great with his father, and now he must rule a nation, a mighty nation, powerful in wealth, in land, and known to be able to defend itself. And now a young man takes the throne. Solomon probably had mixed emotions. Maybe there was a zeal to be king, but yet there was a reality of the decisions and the job that had to be done. Solomon stands at a crossroad in life. It will take power for Solomon to be able to overcome. And Solomon obviously understands he doesn't have that power. As we watch what Solomon does next in 1 Kings 18, verses 12 to 61. When you stand before a circumstance and it's greater than the knowledge that you have, it necessitates a decision on your part of how to go forward. What will the next move be? Take the victory or you can shrink back and completely miss. If you shrink back, you can completely miss what God has for you. So don't fall into despair. Solomon desired to be king. However, he knew that it was a great role. And it was evident to him that he lacked the power and the knowledge to overcome the problems that he faced. He inherited a nation without the necessary skills to rule as king. This could mean the loss of his life, of his family, of the nation, the entire kingdom. The kingdom that his father loved, the people that his father loved, and his father had given his life for in service to God. So Solomon stands at one of the greatest crossroads of all time. The weight had to be tremendous. Where he was standing right now in life, it's an epic moment. Solomon stands before the people to dedicate the temple. The people of Israel were standing in the outer court and where Solomon had built a bronze platform before the altar of God. Solomon knelt down on the platform. He lifted his hands to the heavens and he began to pray, stretching out his hand toward heaven. This meant that there's a dependency upon God. Think about that. When you lift your hands towards heaven and pray, that's why he lifted them there. It represented a dependency before God. And it also represents a willingness to receive from God, an openness to receive what God has for you when you stretch your hands towards heaven. So he first acknowledged that God is the only true and living God. And he knew that God kept his covenant with his people. And so after this, Solomon brings his request before God. Solomon's prayer was for God to keep his promise to David and establish his kingdom. And his throne forever. First Kings sixteen twenty five to 26. Therefore now, Lord, God of Israel, keep with your servant David, my father, what you promised. First Kings eight twenty five to 26. Solomon came before God and he reminded him, you made promises to my father, Lord. So when you go before God, go into his presence, knowing what his promises are to you. Remind him of his promises. And ask him whatever it is that you have need of. Only request of God based upon his promises. That's how you pray the will of God. When you're at a crossroad and there is a great dilemma that you're facing, be sure that you've looked at the promises of God. Go to the word of God. That's what Solomon did. He's remembering the promises of God. And he's looking to God to do what he said that he would do. Through the power and authority that God has given each of us, we can come to the Father 
and request what God has for us, knowing that a victory has already taken place. Our victory? No, no. The victory that Jesus took when he won on Calvary, when he was raised from the dead. When you bring before the Lord his promises, then ask them. Ask him to fulfill them, not based on you, not based on what you believe, but based upon what he has said. When you stand at the crossroad of life, and maybe you're standing there right now, if you're standing in that place where there is a great dilemma before you, or you're assisting someone, and their life seems to be in shambles, take these important steps as you go before God, and you will have answers to prayer. We're talking about the power to overcome. Solomon brought his petition before God, and he asked God to look upon the temple where he was praying. He asked God, would you look upon this place day and night? And will you hear? He was asking God to hear the prayers of the people in that place. First Kings 8 and 29. Have you ever, let's stop for a moment there. Have you ever done that? Have you ever asked God, wherever it is that you pray, Lord, hear the prayers in this place and have your eyes continuously upon that place. Come into agreement with the spirit of God and the word of God. I'm talking about the power right now to over. Come, we're going through steps that will take you to such a position of victory. And these steps will lead you there every single time without struggle. And you won't find yourself falling in to unbelief. Will your faith grow on trial? It certainly will. Will you be tested? It'll happen in this realm. It will happen. But I'm talking about how to overcome the trials that we go through in life. Prayer. Solomon understood that prayer was what was needed to be between the people and God. The reason the temple was built was because it was to be a house of prayer. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Isaiah 56 and 7. Solomon wanted Israel to have a relationship with God and a place where they could cry out and he would hear their prayers and he would answer them. Do you have a place where you cry out to God? Do you have a place where you go to? And again, have you asked God, Lord, have your eyes continuously upon this place where I worship and I pray to you. And Father, may the prayers in this place be answered as you watch over it, Lord. Solomon's petition, he also asked God for forgiveness. He asked God to forgive the children of Israel. And he asked God in his mercy, when you enter God's presence, remember that he's forgiving and that he's merciful. That is his attitude towards us. And that God has everlasting blessings that he has bestowed upon the children of God. And it goes from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. Solomon brought the promises of God before him. Solomon wasn't praying to some far off God or some false God. Solomon understood the God, the true and living God and the one that he was praying to. And he knew that if God answered his prayer, that God would be glorified. That's an important fact in praying. 
Draw God into your prayer. Whatever you're praying for, how is God going to be glorified? If my rebellious child stops being rebellious, how will God be glorified? If, if I'm having difficulties with the husband and I'm praying about this relationship with the husband, how will God be glorified? If there's problems with the wife and you're praying about the problems with the wife, how will God be glorified? Draw God's desires into the situation. Father, may my son become a priest for you and your royal nation, Father. May he preach and teach the word of God. May he be in street ministry and in missions. Then you're drawing God and God's desire in that child's life into your prayer. May my wife's heart rise towards you to worship you and to love you, to honor you with her whole heart. May my husband's heart rise to honor you and to serve you and to be the priest of the household that you have called him to be, that many will see the great works of the Lord in his life. Draw God's desire into your prayer. Solomon knew that the main reason that God blessed Israel, because God had said it, that all other nations would see how he blessed them, and they would know that there is only one true and living God. Whatever you are praying about, how will God be glorified in your circumstance? How will he be glorified? I'm going to go back in the past for just a moment. When the doctor told me, and I, I was young, you know, I, I wasn't even 30 years old. But when the doctor said, you have multiple sclerosis, cancer, or muscular dystrophy. And, and I asked him, you know, and maybe you've heard me tell this before, but be patient with me for a moment. And I asked him, why are you saying that? Why are you saying that to me? He had big tears in his eyes. Amazing, amazing medical man of God. And I said, why are you saying that to me? He said, because it's in your blood. I'm looking at your blood test. I can't tell you which one it is, but it's one of the three. You'll have to go to a specialist and they'll narrow it down and tell you which one it is. But I'm telling you. I said, but why are you saying? He said, look at your body. You're losing all muscle tone. Just look at you. It's one of these three diseases. I remember walking out of his office on a beautiful, sunny day. <laughs> I'll tell you, no matter what happens, God is still good. He is still good. And, and I called the missionary I, I was studying under. She prayed for me. Nothing happened. I went to the church, flew out of town, and the bishop came in and prayed for me. Nothing happened. Nothing at all. I continued to lose muscle tone. I became weaker and weaker and weaker as the days and the weeks went by, but I had not went back to the doctor. And I'm not telling you not to go back to the doctor. I'm just telling you my journey. And, and so I'm praying and I'm seeking God. And one day I remembered a sermon. God's telling you something right now. He's talking to you. I remembered a sermon of a lady that was in the hospital and she had five children. And I had heard this sometime before, years before this happened to me. And I remember her saying that when she got a devastating report from the doctor, she laid in the hospital bed, and she told the Lord, if you let me go home and finish raising my little children, I will serve you all the days of my life. And one day on my journey, that came back to my remembrance. And I turned to the Lord and I said, if you would but heal me and let me raise my little children, I will serve you all the days of my life. And I meant that from my heart. I meant that with my whole heart because my children were so small. Just little, little kids running through the house, you know. 
I told the Lord, this man can't do this by himself. He needs my help, Lord. They need their mother. I need you to heal me and let me raise my children. I couldn't have been 30 years old. The last one wasn't even born yet. I want to tell you, God healed me. And it was just over the days and weeks and weeks. I became stronger and stronger and stronger. But my health took some type of turn like in an instant, like the, the deterioration stopped. And I became stronger. My body became stronger. And I could see it. I could see it. And then I began to be able to exercise. And, you know, I could strength and energy was coming back to me because I made a promise to God that if you would heal me, I'll serve you. All the days of my life. Now, be careful with that one. Because when we tell God, it's like taking a vow in a sense. We tell God we're going to do something. If you do such and such, God, I'll do such and such. Some some people say, eh, that's not a prayer that's bargaining with God. Call it what you like. You know, I, I, I won't debate what it is. I'll just tell you what happened. But if we don't fulfill what we said to God, then he sees it as sin if we've taken a vow. And that was like a vow to God. If you would do this, I will do this for you. See, I, I didn't know it. I was so young. I didn't really have the understanding. And no one told me to pray that way. I just had heard that in a lady's sermon one day, you know. She was teaching one day. And, and it came back to my memory. No one told me to pray it. She came up in my heart by the Spirit of God. But no person in the flesh told me to pray it. And so when I prayed that, look at the turning of events in my life. Uh, I built up my prayer life even stronger. I witnessed to more people. I found myself reaching for more, to pray for more people and to seek God. There was no prayer ministry. There was no prayer group. It was just me. I'm young. God began to answer more and more prayers as I prayed for people. More and more turning of events. More miraculous things began to happen. The children and I could see angels in the house. The husband saw things. And I, I mean, incredible things began to happen. God will answer when we pray. Solomon puts this prayer before God, and the Bible tells us that, that God visited him. That God visited him in the nighttime hours. And he asked Solomon, what is it that you want? Eh? What, is that you, what is it that you want? And we know that Solomon could have asked God for riches. But Solomon said, I I need wisdom that I could rule these people well. And we know God's answer, oh, you could have asked me for riches, but you asked me for wisdom. Solomon was drawing God's need into his prayer. God needed a king that could rule and protect the nation, but God needed a king that would continue to show that his hand was upon Israel. Now, Solomon makes some mistakes along the way. We know that. But Solomon takes that initial step towards God, and God gives Solomon wisdom and riches. God gave me more than my health. God gave us another child in the house later on. God gave us such tremendous financial stability. God gave more than what I had ever asked for. And before I knew it, God gave me a ministry. Maybe maybe seven years later, six, seven years later, God gives me a prayer group. He gives me a prayer ministry. 
and says, this, this is what I want you to do. And then he gave me a commission. He said, teach my people to pray. Whenever God is drawn into our prayer, when whatever God's will is, when that's drawn into your prayer, you are setting the stage. You are setting the, the situation for God to go beyond what you're asking him to do. Instead of praying selfish, fleshly prayers, instead of Solomon saying, I need riches to rule over these people. If I had the money, I'll be able to protect the kingdom. Solomon wanted to be fair. Solomon wanted to do what was right. Solomon wanted to be good to the people of God. And Solomon wanted to protect the nation. He needed wisdom to protect the people and the nation. Solomon, by having that wisdom that God gave him, the people of, people came from far lands just to meet him because his fame went out about the land of this man's great wisdom that God had given him. And his wealth was known. It was known for the riches. It is said that there was so much gold in Solomon's kingdom that you could walk through the palace and pick up gold up off the floor. That he had such great wealth that's been said about his kingdom. When we go before God and we're standing at the place of a dilemma and we lift our hands towards God, come before him with humility. But come before him with his word established in your heart. Come before him and lift holy hands in boldness and in confidence. Come before God with whatever the need is. But remember, the golden key, draw God's desire into your prayer. Don't pray a selfish prayer for what you just want God to do. How will God be glorified by what you're asking him to do? When God solves your dilemma and everything is resolved, how will God be glorified by the way that you're praying the prayer? By what you are asking him to do, will God receive the glory? Because if God is going to receive the glory, then you're praying according to the will of God. If you're praying the promises of God, you are praying the will of God. And God is always going to keep his word. His word will never return unto him void. It will always accomplish whereunto it has been sent. God's word is full of power. And so, therefore, we give reverence not only to God, but we give reverence to his word. Solomon went to God with reverence, giving glory and honor to God, dedicating the temple. He went to God in humility, bowing before God and bringing together all the people, showing glory and honor to God. Solomon went before God with lifted hands, reminding God of his promises to his father David. What promises has God made to the generations before you? What are the promises in the word of God that line up with what you are asking God to do? God wants us to pray prayers that bring him glory, prayers that bring him honor. God wants to answer your prayer. God is ready and waiting to solve the dilemma, the crisis that you are facing. And if you have followed these simple steps, Solomon had two visits from God in his lifetime. First Kings 3, 
chapter 5 to 14, and 1 Kings chapter 9, verses 1 to 13. God told Solomon, ask for anything he wanted. And Solomon asked for wisdom and understanding to govern the people of God. 1 Kings 3 to 9. God saw that Solomon wanted more for his people, more for God than he wanted for himself. Where you're standing right now, the prayer that you are praying, are you asking for God to receive more for himself than you are receiving for yourself? He could have asked God to give him a long life. He could ask God, cause these people to honor me and give me great riches. But no, Solomon had a selfless prayer before God for God to receive the glory. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.